getting out there and talking to young people is important so that they understand the power in their words and not only just their words that they're speaking vocally but also their internal voices that they're speaking to themselves are so powerful welcome to an episode of find your voice a movement led by yours truly aaron dew a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety adversity and difficulty like so many of you in life whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses Take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So today, I am delighted to be back, firstly. Had a little bit of a sabbatical for the best part of a month. But it's great to be back and I've literally been recording back to back episodes today. So I'm really, really excited for today's episode because I thought when I do come back, I need to make sure I come back with a bang and bring some good quality episodes. And that's definitely what we're going to get today. So today I have my friend on the show and we tried to record this previously and mainly my fault. But we're going again second time. And the, the benefit of coming around a second time is this is going to be a lot more polished, uh, hopefully for myself more so. But also we're going to really delve into a story where... Chantal mentions that she's probably a little bit more comfortable now. So I'm slightly putting you on the spot there, but I think you're going to get some real vulnerability and some real storytelling in this actual episode. So Chantal, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on a second time. My apologies for taking your time twice, but it's great to have you here. How are you doing today? No, honestly, thank you for having me the second time round. Like you said, the first time round, I didn't really give it my all. So this is what I plan to do this time is really give it my all and do my story justice and uh, hopefully help anybody who is experiencing similar things to what I have as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm very confident you will do that. And obviously we know each other outside of the podcasting space and I think when we speak I can see that desire in you to try and help people and I just felt when we did the first episode that wasn't translating and I think it wouldn't have done you a justice as a person because you have so much to give and I know a lot of your purpose and the things you do today is for other people as well which is admirable in its own own sense so going on that a question I always ask everyone is why we do what we do what brings us to where we are today but obviously to get to where we are today we've obviously traveled a journey and we've been through ups and downs so if you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience a little bit about yourself firstly so they can get to know you a little bit about your story and what brings you here today on find your voice okay so where do we start um so <laughs> wherever you want so wherever you want okay so in terms of myself my name's Chantel um obviously Aaron you know that I know you from property so I'm a property investor and I've now recently launched myself as a youth speaker for young people um the reason why I've launched myself as a speaker for young people is because as of January this year um I discovered that my dad had been sexually abusive to my mum physically abusive to my mum um growing up I've always had my dad on a pedestal if you like um, and the fact that I found out this revelation really knocked me for six um, and my passion has always been to give back to young people because I've always been my my personality is a, a nurturer you know my I've been a young carer to my mum from a very young age because she was registered disabled she felt ill um, as a nurse on the front line and um, I really took like I said, this took me for six and I thought to myself, how can I introduce my passion of working with young people and to actually help young people? Because I know that I'm not the only person who's discovered secrets or has family secrets, but where I feel as though we're in a culture where people don't often talk about the adversities that they overcome um, so openly. So for me in particular, it was like, I've actually gone through so much that I could actually help other young people to discover how they can actually overcome adversity by talking. In particular, for me, therapy is talking for me, um, particularly when I was 21 and uh, I suffered a depressive episode. And because I wasn't talking to people, I actually ended up attempting to take my own life. Um, so going through that period that really built up my resilience after the fact of going through therapy and going through counseling and discovering why I did what led me to get to that stage and it was because we was in a society where you can't talk about things and um, so that's why it's led me to be here today is to actually talk openly and honestly about adversities and say you know what it's okay to say 
this is what I'm going through at the moment and there shouldn't be any stigma attached to it and you shouldn't be ashamed of your story. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I tweeted the other day, less stigma, more talking. Um, and I sent that from somewhere else. It wasn't something that I thought up and that's the importance. And that's why I wanted your story on here again for that exact reason that exactly what you're doing now although I might be doing mine on a podcast, you're doing it out there, actually connecting with lives within your community and stuff and letting people know that it's okay to talk about the cards that they've been dealt because many of us have yep. been through something. And I think there's always that thing, and I say it a lot on this show, where we feel that if something's happening to us, it's exclusive to us and only we've gone through that. Yet what you will tend to find is the more you share your voice and your story, people will start to put their head up above the parapet and kind of say, actually, well, I've kind of been through this as well. And it gives them strength. And you might not realize that, but just by you sharing it, which takes incredible strength, by the way, and courage for everything that you just shared there, but it will give somebody else who may be where you were when you when you attempted suicide, sorry, for example, it might just keep them holding on for another day. So I find it really admirable that you do that. And that's why I always encourage people about coming on a show like this. It, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be perfect in any way, shape or form. In fact, none of us are, but it's about persevering and going through it. So it's not the finished article it's about all of us just trying to help each other if that makes sense so even in this episode and even when we spoke last time I learned so much from you I learned so much from my other guests in terms of therapy like how important therapy is I think is after we we had our first discussion that's only when I really started to think maybe I could get therapy done and initially especially as a guy and in an Asian community as well it's like the last thing that you'd ever do whereas I played football I think last week and a friend I hadn't seen for ages we went to the same secondary school and he, he watches all my social media posts. He, he told me about all my social media posts, but he never likes them. And I'm not sure if he doesn't like them because his friends and family might see that he's liked them. But he almost said, thank you for sharing that sort of stuff in terms of it's important. So you never know who you're affecting. So I'm so grateful that we have people like you in the world who have been dealt difficult cards, but you're going out there and, and shining your light. So if you could give us maybe a little bit of context into the actual work that you're doing now, because you said let's forget the property because property is boring. I don't want to talk about property because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my day job. Let's talk about the more interesting stuff where we're actually making an impact. What kind of stuff are you doing? Yeah, so at the moment, so obviously COVID has not helped, um, but at the moment I am speaking openly, honestly, I'm sharing my lived-in experiences and I'm relating it back to childhood um, and uh, childhood adversity and speaking to young people, basically. So at the moment I'm pretty much putting everything out there on social media. Um, I'm connecting with charities. Um, I'm getting out in my local community and just really going out and speaking to young people um, because young people, they're never, you know, it's, it takes a while for a young person to really open up. But if they can actually connect with somebody and relate to somebody who's been through it, what I'm finding is that they're more open to actually opening up because you understand it, you get it. So that's what I'm doing now at the moment. So yeah, I'm doing podcasts with yourself to obviously get out there. And I've been approached by a couple of charities to actually go into and uh, speak to them on some, speak to their children on some workshops, etc. So yeah, it's, it's going really good. That's fantastic. Long may that continue as well. And I just want to say in relation to that, and again, I'm trying to think from a listener's perspective, often when even myself, if I'm doing a podcast or a YouTube video, people assume that it's okay for me or that this is my natural kind of thing. Like, like I just enjoy sitting here making myself uncomfortable and sweating and trying to communicate <laughs> with someone and get the right words out. And I always say, actually, it frightens me. I still get anxiety before an episode. I think it's going to go right. I still, even before we had this conversation, I would pre-warn you, I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. And I still have all those <laughs> insecurities and the imposter syndrome and everything that comes with it. So it's admirable to see you showcase all your stuff on social media because you're quite open in some of your videos in, in terms of the stuff that you speak about. Advice to somebody younger, however, uh, and this is a question for you, if you wouldn't mind. That's quite a daunting experience. That's quite scary, especially initially, to just put that out there. Do you still have those fears yourself every time you pick up the, the phone and you just speak your truth out there? And could you recommend maybe something to somebody else who may want to do the same thing as you, but don't quite have that courage right now? Absolutely. Like every time I pick up the camera and I go to do a recording, I'm always conscious of not so much... Um, 
my story because I know it inside out but it's also about like the effect that I'm going to have on people and that's what a lot of young people feel is that they can't talk about things because they're going to have an impact on it somebody else so my advice personally is to not see what you're going through or your story as um just speak as if there's nobody in the room Mm. basically that's what I tend what that's what I tend to do is I speak as though there's nobody in the room because um and only do it when you're comfortable as well because that will portray um in terms of if you want to go out there and you want to speak um just do it when you're comfortable never force yourself to put a camera in front of you or never force yourself to speak openly and honestly with people that you don't trust um just make sure that you're comfortable in that moment and doing it but if they want to obviously go down the social media route and put in their content out there is just to do it as if nobody's in the room um and it's just you and your thoughts and that's what i tend to do i think that's great advice yeah i think um that's probably something i i've recommended previously as well because somebody's had a similar kind of I suppose vision to myself in terms of what I'm doing with Find Your Voice, but they're saying I can't be a podcaster. And I said, well, you don't have to be a podcaster. You can be a blogger, for example. You could do something where you're not necessarily showing yourself or your face or however you want to do that. And I think that that's a really, really important message um, for, for anyone out there, basically. If somebody, again, sorry for, sorry for the questions. I'm just trying to think because I know the work that you're doing <laughs> is fantastic. And I think a lot of these children will one day want to actually share it maybe on social media when they can see the impact that people's words have if somebody was thinking no way am, am i even doing that what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's maybe suffering in silence or is there any sort of other communities that you're working closely with or that you could recommend for somebody yeah definitely there's loads of charities that they can speak to and i find um journaling is a really good way of just getting it out there you're not and you're in control when you journal something down you're actually in control of that piece of paper and only you know what you've written on that piece of paper and you can keep it in a safe place and release it whenever you're you're willing to and the actual it's actually therapeutic to journal because it's something to do with the mind i've read this somewhere but it's something to do with the action of actually writing things down is actually a way of you releasing things so if you're not comfortable with social media journaling so a lot of my posts it will be videos and then some of it will just be static images where i've just literally journaled what's in my thought so it's not always about being on camera you can journal things and just find some find a way that you really express yourself write poems for example um just finding a way that that you're comfortable in expressing yourself yeah great advice and that's literally what i do if you look at any of my posts i'm trying to tell a story because i prefer writing stuff as opposed to actually speaking um so when i do speak i'm literally reading my own script of my own story and journaling even now this book i've got it here it's called write it down and lose it forever because the way i see journaling is my head is like a scatterbrain of just the most random thoughts of to-do list of the stuff I'm worried about the stuff I'm happy about and it's just it's just like a fuzzy mess I can't explain it and the the beautiful thing with journaling I find is I'm almost just kind of separating everything into right columns or just getting stuff out of here and it almost feels like a weight off my shoulders and off my head so for like just like you said you're completely in control when you journal and it's probably one of the best things I've ever done to control my anxiety every time I feel overwhelmed me and this book will just sit there for five, 10 minutes and it can be the most random stuff, but I can't explain that that relief of taking yeah. it from here onto here. It's almost like talking. So sometimes I always say talking might be the second step because it's very difficult to just open up to somebody and say, I'm going through this, but you can always talk to this because like you said, and I think you said it brilliantly is you're in control. So yeah, that's, that's great yeah. advice there. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Let's go a little bit deeper then, if, if we can, and if you feel comfortable enough about your healing process. So we speak about this a lot on the show because everyone goes through healing. And just the guest that I had previously as well, she mentioned that she doesn't feel healing will ever be done and that it's a process, it's ongoing, and things can get easier because we have more mechanisms and ways to kind of maybe manage our thoughts and our experiences a little bit better. So for yourself, that process of being absolutely shocked. I can't, I can't imagine or comprehend what you went through when you found out and realized what had happened in your life. How did you then start to heal yourself to bring you to where you are today? Yeah, well, I definitely agree with your previous 
your previous guests, there's you're never going to get to a point where you throw your hands up and you say, I'm healed, I'm healed. Um, that's never going to happen. Um, but it's understanding that healing is a process. So for me in particular, um, having had my experience of wanting the world to be over when I went through um, taking my own life, um, I learned that in that moment, it wasn't so much that I wanted the world to end. It was just that I wanted that precise moment to end and learning how to actually get through that moment so for me in terms of the healing process it was thinking okay well this has happened now but that's the end of the revelation now I need to find out how I'm going to actually work in terms of the process on healing so for me it was actually taking actual steps and not allowing time to pass and not dealing with it but actually confronting it so putting things in place so actually confronting family members and talking to them getting an actual understanding of what has actually happened the process that was the first step is getting an understanding and then the next step for me was not so much trying to figure out somebody else's actions but understanding what that meant to me and processing those emotions to me um and then the final step I guess is 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 forgiveness so that's where I'm at at the moment is this forgiveness step and that's understanding that I need to forgive I can forgive my dad at a distance I don't need him in my life I can forgive him in a, at a distance but I'm doing that for myself so I've understood the emotions that I've gone through and what that means to me now I need to forgive him for his actual actions but I don't need him in my life to actually forgive his actions of that and that's where I'm at at the moment is forgiving his actual actions I've dealt with my emotions and how I felt about that now I'm dealing with his the actual actions of it I love that I love that I've just been taking notes and I'm just I'm reiterating this for my own understanding and for anyone listening so the first point is understanding which I think is so so important through whatever you're going through but you said something really profound there which is not having to understand why your dad did it and it was more about actually what did them actions mean for you because I think sometimes and we've spoken about this especially because some of the travesties that's gone on in the world trying to comprehend why people react the way they react or they say the things they do or do the things they do if it's not in line with our moral compass or what we just believe is the, the right thing to do, it's very, very difficult and it's consuming on your brain to think, why would this person just go out their way to harm or say something nasty to somebody else? Like you can't comprehend that. So it's yeah. just then about trying to bring it back to yourself. And I think that's the easiest way to move on. Otherwise you're just going to drive yeah. yourself crazy. And then the last bit in terms of forgiveness, I spoke about this on episode 100 in, in my story, which is you've got to do it for yourself. And you mentioned that you don't need your father in your life now. And that, I think that's really, really important because sometimes we feel that forgiveness is accepting that person back, for example, for all their for all their harm. Mm. And, I, and I mentioned it on my story. When I forgave the person who, who assaulted me, it wasn't a matter of when they said we should meet up, which was actually their last message. I just put a thumbs up. But never in my head did I think I ever need to meet you again because yeah. I was healed from that. Like, I don't need... I, I wish that person the best and it, and, it, and it is what it is, but I don't need them now in my life because my life is fine how it is. And I think that's a really, really important point for anyone going through yeah. forgiveness. Otherwise, forgiveness seems like the most difficult and almost like stupid thing in the world. Like, how do you forgive someone? Well, actually, you're not. You're forgiving yourself of feeling everything that you've been through and you're allowing yourself to then move on because you're not responsible for that person's actions. Yeah, definitely. 100% agree with that. Well, I'm, well, I'm glad you're obviously in a, in a much, much better place with that now. And I think that's going to massively help anyone going through any sort of trauma, whether it is with, with their parents or whatever cards they've been dealt. Because if you're anything like me and we all think differently, sometimes you need processes in place or like step by step. And that's kind of why I ask these questions in terms of, is there something somebody can just go along? And I have to do that as well in terms of the healing process. Uh, for, for forgiveness because otherwise it's very it's very very like an overwhelming thing and I'm, and I'm sure you've yeah. been through that because you mentioned depression as well and that was kind of the next question that I wanted to ask you how is your mental state and mental well-being been since then and do you feel that that's had a kind of lingering effect on how you are now because I know we've had some conversations about anxiety overwhelm and depression as well do you feel that's now a part of you moving forward or are you managing to manage that better um, I'm definitely managing it a lot better. If I didn't have that experience, this recent revelation, I don't know how I would have coped. Um, 
but I was able to understand the trigger point. So like I said, when I went through depression, um, I went through um, therapy. So I knew that talking for me was really good in terms of actually overcoming trauma. So dealing with this adversity this time around, I knew that, okay, if I don't talk about this, I know that what this could potentially lead to. So I confronted it head on rather than not dealing with it. So I've now got the processes in place to understand what my triggers are and I know that depression can happen at any point but now I know that I've got those tools that I can just whip out when I need to and continue managing um my depression so I also know about having toxic relationships and with people in my life so hence why I don't have a relationship with my dad Um, and it's just making sure that you understand what your triggers are um and making sure that you're getting rid of any of those triggers or trying to limit those triggers as best as you can. Um, and just understanding that when it comes to your depression and your mental state, that that's always first, that's the most important thing. Um, and nobody should ever try to say to somebody, oh, you should do this and you should do that if they don't understand your mental state. So always put that at the forefront of your mind. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think just on the last sentence you said there, I think anyone going through depression or whatever whatever it is in life even if it's just your own journey and you're not necessarily suffering from mental illness your own opinion should come first and i think we're so often in, in a society where we're listening to other people's opinions and external validation and we're chasing stuff that isn't actually healing us or helping us move forward for example yeah i can get a compliment from somebody about the work that i do but if i don't feel in my heart of hearts that i deserve that compliment it just goes over my head and i feel like we need to be true to ourselves and understand ourselves a lot better, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah and that yeah. was kind of like that just a recent re- revelation because for other people, it might seem like that it's not enough for the things I do, but I'm like, I know when I've done enough or I know when I've been true to myself or I've done something. So I think it's really important sometimes when we sit with ourselves and this is something that I actually do with my journaling. It's a true, honest conversation with myself. It's an accountability session with myself. Yeah. It's my worries, my stresses and everything. So yeah, I think that I think that's a really great point. I'm glad you're in a better space now in terms of managing our mental health. And it is really as simple as just prioritize it, put it first. There yeah. is nothing in the world that should take priority over that. As much as you love your spouse, your children or anyone, sadly, you have to look after number one first in order to obviously look after them. I think we've all heard, you know, many people yeah. talk about that. I want to ask you something personal, and this doesn't need to be on the podcast or anything. Um the suicide thoughts is that something that you've had since then or do you think that was just in that particular moment maybe a cry for help or just that one period was too much for you to cope with yeah no it was definitely just in that moment um obviously suicidal thoughts at the at the time when I was depressed I didn't know that I was depressed so those suicidal thoughts I didn't know what to think of them I just knew in that moment that these thoughts were just telling me that you just have to end this moment right now and that was the only thing for me it was just I didn't think about what was going on around me it was just these thoughts were saying you've got to end this moment right now um and yeah in terms of like any other suicidal thoughts I've never had since then touch wood I've never had that emotion to ever feel like I need to end this moment just now because I've got those processes in place once a process once a moment in time has ended um there's always a next step and there's always a process that, that comes with it and I think that's what keeps me going is that knowing that a moment is just a moment in time it's just for that short while and it's not going to continue after this point um unless obviously you obviously take your own life um or you follow through with your suicidal thoughts so for me it's about understanding that moments are a brief brief moment yeah i'm so, I'm so glad to hear that i'm so glad that obviously you're in a better space for that and you recognize that it is just a moment and it shall pass so let, yeah. let's stop being morbid now because obviously i was asking you quite a few intense <laughs> questions there but i was just really interested because it's so nice to see that having been through what you've been through you're in a much much better place now so there's actually two questions and the first one i didn't think i was going to go here but I'm just curious now anyway, property then. Let's let's just touch on property for a few minutes. What got you okay. into property then? Is that kind of like a vehicle to be doing the, the stuff that you do or do you genuinely enjoy uh, the property side of the world? Um, I do enjoy that. I'm a people person. So for okay. me, property is all about getting their networking. And for me, it's also a vehicle as well in terms of assets and 
you know finding another income I've never been the person to I've never been a nine-to-five person so I've always had this entrepreneurial nature about me um I've learned that from my dad funny enough um he used to buy cars at auction and then sell them on do them up in the back garden and then sell them on so I've always had that in me um so yeah so for me that was just a vehicle in terms of getting back to what I want to do which is working with young people and now that has it's allowed me to quit my corporate job and actually now focus on working with young people and setting up um, my public speaking and going out there and having the time to do that I love that I love that and the reason I kind of asked that question which is a note I made here for me and this is just in my experience 99% of people who get into the property game generally get into it because they want to make money and money is the kind of the number one priority whereas for yourself and I kind of know this anyway which is why I kind of asked the question is I got into the property field to give myself time with my friends and my family more importantly my family because I'd seen the benefits that when I lost someone in my life their child was able to spend the last six months with them and I always thought in my head god forbid if anything happens to my family I'd love to have that last six months and the freedom and the time of not having to worry about what my boss says or my manager tells me I can yeah. and can't do. And I wanted that freedom. So that's kind of why I worked consistently in property. And now that it's freed me up, it's allowed me to do things like this podcast or the other podcast that we do on a Tuesday. So it's great to see that you're fulfilling that purpose as well. And you haven't just completely gone money, 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 money mad, which it seems yeah. to be at the minute that every single person in the property industry is just constantly concentrating <laughs> on money. And I'm thinking that's not as important and maybe because I sit in this space and I see the mental health and I see the adversities that people go through and I've been through myself that when I go through adversity the last thing I think about is money or you know yeah. what car I have on the drive it's about the people around me it's about my own well-being so it's great that you're able to do that and hopefully it goes really really well so you can continue doing the work that you're doing now so fingers crossed yeah. for you in relation to that thank you you're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. So you're very busy then. You've got property and I know the strategy that you're doing is quite time intensive. And obviously you're trying to make a huge impact on what you're doing and you're doing your social media stuff as well. How do you keep doing everything? How do you keep juggling everything? What kind of routines do you have in place on a daily basis that maybe somebody listening to this could think, ah, that's a, that's a good little hack or maybe I should prioritize that into my day to make myself more efficient throughout the week? Yeah. Um, for me, I've when did I start doing this? Must have been about three, four years ago, actually. Yeah. Um, it's actually controlling the first hour of my day. So I make that a priority to actually just sit with myself. So I meditate in the morning. Um, and if I'm feeling up to it, if I can, then I'll do a workout. But it's about having control of your day. Mm -hmm. And I feel the best way to do that is by allowing yourself that hour to actually control your day. Um, so whether you get up, it doesn't matter about what time you get up, but making sure that you have at least an hour in the day where you're actually controlling what's happening to you, you're aware of your surroundings, you know what you've got left to do, you, you know, you're just you're just being aware, it's just being mindful of that hour. So that's what I always do in the first thing, first time in the morning is I always, I have a plan and I know what I need to do. But in the first morning, first thing in the morning is I always control that first hour of my day. I love that. And let's play devil's advocate. If something goes wrong, for example, using the property industry where most things do go wrong, if something goes wrong, how are you on yourself? How do you manage that obstacle then in the day? Oh, so I, <laughs> when anything goes wrong, I think the first reaction for many of us is to panic. Um, but I'm actually learning now is that having had many things go wrong in property, I always know that it will always work out in the end. So the first thing that I don't do is panic. The first thing I do is actually understand what's happening, take a sit back and I think, okay, this could be worse but it's not. So let's just deal with it at hand rather than panicking. Nothing ever gets accomplished through panicking and through rushing. So that's what I tend to do. Great advice. Great advice. Yeah. And um, one of the, one of the bad things with panicking is you tend to use emotion over logic. And that's one of the worst things that you can ever do, especially when you're trying to solve a problem or find a solution to something that's happened in the industry. But I know what it's like starting five years ago, full time. Um, anything that went wrong, my God, like my emotions overwhelmed. It'd be like the world was ending all of a sudden, for example. like It could be like the smallest thing. When I think back now, I can't believe some of the stuff that used to go on. I think yesterday we had a break-in in one of our sites 
and somebody smashed one of the windows. And my first thought, I was already on site uh, in the morning. I thought, okay, we need to replace that or is it salvageable? And I just carried on walking around. Four years ago, my God, I would have been crying, like insurance, yeah. <laughs> we need to get security out here. Like what's going on? Like I have to stolen anything else and I would have been an absolute mess. But it's one of those things when you go through something, it makes you stronger afterwards. Yeah. And I think it's great that you have that self-awareness to realize in the grand scheme of things, I've seen a lot worse. I've been through a lot worse. And I think we as human beings, and maybe anyone listening to this can relate is we don't often give ourselves credit for the stuff we've been through. And I think if we really sit down with ourselves and maybe journal using that tactic, and just write down all the stuff that you've come out the other side. Things that in that moment seem like the hardest thing ever to come through. Well, you come through it. You're here listening to this, hopefully, or moving on with your life. And I think that's a really great reminder. And it's something that I have in the back of my mind is that I've got through it. And so many times you feel like you can't get through it, but you've got to remind yourself that. And it's almost like a great grounding exercise that I use as well. Yeah, I agree. So... If you're committed to not only enhancing your mental health, but also your physical well-being too, then you need to check out our new sponsors, Health Excel. Providing you the best superfood blends on the market in their non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and of course, organic formulas, they bring you superfoods like no others you have seen on the market. They also don't just stop there, as they provide you free consistent information to educate and empower you on your overall health and well-being journey. So don't just stop at the end of a Find Your Voice episode. Get yourself some XL blends and put the odds in your flavor. Once it goes live, there will also be a unique discount for anyone who comes from the Find Your Voice podcast as you guys are now part of my family and I only want to see you thrive even more. So check out the links in the description below and get notified as soon as they go live. Back to the episode. Definitely. Okay, so you've got that then and uh, this is the next question which is why I asked that and I'm segueing towards it is you're not in a state of panic now. You have some resilience. You've been through a lot of stuff, similar to myself, that we we know the right answer is not to panic. I'm not saying I always do that, by the way, but we know <laughs> not to panic and try and really think logically and understand that we've been through certain stuff before. That's a lot worse. In this particular moment right now, then, what's your biggest fear? Biggest fear? Right now, in this particular moment, um, I would have to say just not achieving what I've wanted to achieve this moment in particular um especially with setting up um my public speaking business and getting out there and speaking to young people my biggest fear now and I've been experiencing it the last couple of weeks is oh my gosh what if I don't actually get to do this because of situations that are outside of my control like covid is not within my control I cannot stop that so it's just about finding ways in which I can make something happen and not deviating too much away from my plan um but that's my biggest fear is that I'm not going to be able to achieve what I've set out to achieve how long is that goal I mean every young person always needs help there's young people coming up every single day they're going to be our future leaders and you know they're going to be my children's leaders so that for me is just a long-term goal is just not achieving what I've set out to but I think I'm doing okay so far you are yeah yeah (laughs) and the reason I ask that is because I think sometimes when you're when you're trying to help people, and this was my thing with Find Your Voices, and you recognize that you are making at least some difference, there seems to be a tendency that you almost want to help more and more and more, and you end up just completely pouring yourself into something. And I remember when I had my first kind of month off, like in the last month, I haven't really released episodes. I almost felt this sense of guilt that I wasn't interviewing people or I wasn't sharing someone's story to help somebody who needed that story. But at the same time, I needed to be kind to myself as well. I needed to kind of go through what I was going through in my personal life. So that was that was my kind of rationale behind that because I think when people are so giving, we almost are our worst enemies as well when we can't give enough. So the reason I asked you that is because do you have like a metric or something to say that you've been successful or you've done enough? Because otherwise I don't want you in 50, 60 years time, you've helped thousands and thousands of people and still feel like you could have done more because I think that's always like the gift and the curse of, of being this kind of person. Yeah, no, I don't think, um, I think for me, my biggest goal in terms of helping young people, um, I've put this in my business plan, is just getting a message from a young person saying that I've helped to change their life. And until I get that one message, just one, um, then I've achieved what I've set out to do. I love that. I love that. I'm pretty sure when you get it, you're going to, you're going to want the second one and the third one and the fourth one. Just make (laughs) sure you have that moment and really congratulate yourself. Because 
I'm looking at it from the outside perspective. Look at all the steps that you've had to take to get to there. Like even coming on this podcast, even a second time around, really sharing your vulnerabilities and having that courage, putting yourself on Instagram through your videos and everything. So I think it'd be a great achievement. I think it'll happen a lot sooner than you think. It's probably already happened. And one thing I will say is you'll be surprised at how many people are actually changing their lives or their course of their lives, even pivoting by a degree because of the words that you may be saying and the vulnerabilities. And this is this is exactly going to my earlier point where friends will meet me and they'll mention something I'm posting. I'm thinking, you've never liked my post or even engaged yeah. with it for me to even know you're watching it. And that's why sometimes yeah. I just set it, set it and forget it. As soon as I do something, it's just out there. And I think, I hope that helps somebody. And that's it. I don't, I'm not yeah. fixated on the, the engagement, the views, the likes. As long as there's one there, then I'm thinking, okay, that's at least one pair of eyes that hopefully they, they either love or hate me from that message. And I think as long yeah. as you keep doing that, I think I think you'll be fine. Yeah, it's that human response though, isn't it? If you're talking and you don't really get, um, I think it's just wanting that recognition that you've, you've done something. And that's, that's the main thing for me is just getting that recognition that, okay, I've managed to actually help one person and then my job here is done. So I agree 100% with what you're saying. You're also going into an industry where, I'm just thinking of myself when I was a teenager a long time ago, where if I saw somebody like yourself who was speaking openly about their vulnerabilities, then I found that inspiring or motivational to make me think about what I've gone through. Would I have the courage to then thank you? I don't the think message, I, yeah, yeah, I don't no. think I would. So <laughs> always hold in your head that you are making a difference. And I just say that not yeah. just to yourself, and, I, and I'm sure you know that, but to anyone out there who may feel like you're just, you know, you're beating a drum and nobody's hearing it. I promise you they yeah. are. And it's the same with Find Your Voice. I continually did this until all of a sudden you're getting flooded with messages saying X, Y, and Z. And you're thinking, wow, like it was all worth it. Because there's been certain times in this journey of 18 months where sometimes I feel like, has the show stopped? Or have people got bored of like listening to like a story of adversity, for example, or got sick of me, for example. But then you'll get that one message which will ignite it again and the enthusiasm comes yeah. back. So it's almost making sure that you stay motivated because I need you to stay motivated because I think the work that you're doing is going to make a massive influence in terms of yeah. a positive manner. So yeah, just my two cents on that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that. I will be motivated. This is my purpose. This is what I've been set out to do. And yeah, you can't, you can't change your purpose. Your purpose is what you're here to do. And this is what I'm here to do. Love it. And have you always been confident speaking or is it something that you're having to get used to now? Um, it's interesting you say that because I was looking back on my childhood, just thinking back on my childhood, was I always that really extrovert person? And I think I was, um, but I was bullied, um, for a period. So I think that's what knocked my confidence a little bit. Um, so, but I think I've always been an extrovert anyway. So I've always known that this is kind of like my gift is being extrovert because to learn to be extrovert, if you're introvert to get extrovert it's not easy but my natural gift is being extrovert so I've always been confident speaking to people um so yeah I would say that I've always been confident in that sense that's good that's good I'm glad the uh, bullies couldn't keep you down that's one of the real like things that I hate in the world like bullies but I always think like back to when it was a kid it's so difficult because even as somebody who never got bullied I was very very fortunate when I used to see bullying go on I think one of my biggest regrets was not stepping in. Um, and, mm. and especially because I had a bit of a presence as I'm talking when I was a little kid up until like the age of 11, I could have probably said something being one of the most popular kids in the class to stop that bullying, but I never stopped it. And I th- it's only as yeah. I got older and I became a teenager and in my early 20s, I started to realize the effects that it can have on somebody. It can almost dim their light forever. So I'm just grateful it obviously hasn't dimmed yours, but yeah, it's a horrible thing. And I think as kids, we don't think and I'm, I'm probably not going to get no kids listening to this. I'm, I'm preaching to nobody right now. But <laughs> really, we, even as adults, I suppose we should just think about the words that we say. Sometimes like it costs the same amount of energy. It's probably easier to say nicer words than it is to say horrible words or however you will put yeah. it. Yeah. But not to obviously dissuade your, your viewers, but I have to be honest, but I was a bully when I was growing up um, in my childhood. Um, and understanding it now is because at home, I couldn't be that extrovert because I feared my dad in terms of his, his way of disciplining us. So the only way that I really could 
exert myself was in the playground and that's where I really came out of my shell this is where I I came to light Um, I was never a a physical bully but it was more mental and sometimes that's the worst kind of trait so that's how I could see how bullying on both ends can really make a difference on somebody's mental um mental health but like you say as a child you never really understand the power in your words and that's why for me um getting out there and talking to young people is important so that they understand the power in their words and not only just their words that they're speaking vocally but also their internal voices that they're speaking to themselves are so powerful um and that's obviously why I reached out to you originally because it's all about finding your voice and just absolutely yeah I love that thank you for sharing that as well because that's not something that necessarily you 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 showcase but two points on that actually is you mentioned the mental side probably being worse and I and I, I kind of agree with that I think if I was to ever get bullied I'd rather somebody physically hit me at least I know it's coming it's gone and that pain is gone away rather than the mental torture of constantly being on edge 24/7 yeah but there's also something I spoke about in the last episode so I don't want to repeat myself too much but it's a great quote and it says hurt people hurt people and sometimes Mm. it's almost like a cycle where if you've experienced something you tend to then display that exact same emotion or a characteristic of it but I'm just glad in your case although that might have happened as as a young child you've almost broke that cycle again in terms of now you're you could go there now and be abusive continually doing that but you're not you're in fact speaking from a place of compassion and kindness as well and that's kind of I suppose the message one of the messages I find your voice is regardless of your adversities and the cards that you've been dealt we still have a choice and the right thing will always be the right thing and hopefully we can always push people towards that because then you can have a greater impact in the world yeah definitely Okay, brilliant. So we're going to move on to the fun part of the show. So the basic protocol for this is one word or one sentence answers only. Okay, so we're going to go in three, two, one. Okay, Chantal, what is your favorite hobby? Shopping. Your biggest strength? Selflessness. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Coke or Pepsi? Neither. Your number one piece of advice to the youth of today? Oh, gosh, you've really put me on the spot here. (laughs) Um... (laughs) in terms of their adversity not to consume it and that their adversity means growth and there's always an opportunity for growth i love that your favorite place in the world i'm gonna have to say thailand beautiful place loved it your favorite song ever um who runs the world beyonce let's go with that love it would you (laughs) rather know how you would die or when you would die oh how how i would die no, 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 when I would die. <laughs> you can only choose when, one. When, when, when. Okay, cool. Okay, when, when. When, brilliant. Okay, your favourite superhero? Superwoman. Your favourite food? Chinese. Summer or winter? Winter. Would you rather speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? Speak all languages. Yeah. <laughs> your proudest achievement? My proudest achievement? Um, being able to take my mum away and pay for her. Your favourite motivational speaker? I'll see. I remember what I said last time. Has it changed? Um, No, let's go with it. Trent Shelton. Okay. What is your biggest addiction? My biggest addiction? Reality TV. Right. I'm sorry. What's your (laughs) favourite? Right now, it possibly has to be with um, Married at First Sight Australia. Okay, cool. So that's the end of the fun part of the show. So as we head towards the end, there's just two more questions, if I may. Um, the next question is about reflection. So I'm a firm believer that hindsight is a wonderful thing. And upon reflection, we can always get to ways where we are quicker, easier, or even with less heartache. But at the same time, I believe the journey teaches us so, so much as well. And it almost makes us who we are today. So knowing everything you know now, with all your knowledge and all your wisdom and all your resilience that you've built up over the years, if you could go back to a younger Chantel and whisper something in her ears, what would you say? to love yourself love yourself um or learn to love yourself um at an earlier age because when you self-love who you are you set yourself boundaries and you set yourself resilience basically you're learning resilience and you're putting boundaries in place so self-love is so important so that's why i would say to my younger self is to love myself a lot sooner 
I love that. I've never really thought about the boundaries side of it, but as you were saying it, it, make, it makes complete sense because if you love yourself enough, you will set the right boundaries, even in terms of relationships, allowing the right people in or how you act or how you behave. So I think that's that's really, really important. And maybe if you heard that message as a young person, the whole bullying side may have been different as well because one of the things I recognize is there's always a reason why people do what they do. You know, I always say that line and I think sometimes there is something lacking or something missing that you're just looking for elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, going back to the bullying thing, for me, it was the fact that I didn't have attention at home. So that was the only way for me to get attention. It was, it's really weird the way that it manifested it itself. Sense. But yeah. Yeah, it, ma- it makes complete sense. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on this podcast. So some of my siblings are from the care system. So my parents foster, yeah. foster children and one, one of the children, he's been through a phase about a year ago where he just started bullying people. And he's not a malicious person by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it was that whole attention seeking. And I find it really weird to kind of understand and comprehend, but any sort of attention sometimes for some children is enough. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be good attention. Um, and that's why like even at home, sometimes they'll play up and I'm thinking, why do you want negative attention? Well, attention is attention at the end of the day for children. So yeah, there's a lot. I don't know the psychology behind it, but I understand that. I understand the, the rationale behind that. Brilliant. Okay. So sadly, that brings us to the last question. And the last question is about legacy. So um, no pressure on yourself, but I'm sure you're going to go out there and try and do your best in terms of making an impact, especially for the youth of today. So if in 150 years time, science fails to save us and all that exists is a book, and this book, it's about you. It's about your life. It's about every single thing that you've been through, all the weird and wonderful things that you've accomplished and all the things that you've done to make an actual impact. Firstly, what I want to know is, what would the title of the book be? And secondly, what would the summary at the back tell us about you to entice the reader to pick it up? Um, I think from last time, I do remember this. Okay. <laughs> so... Has it changed? It hasn't changed, so Brilliant. it would still be gifted. It would still be, the title would be called Gifted. And in terms of what would it be on the back is finding your purpose to, finding your gifted purpose would be, like your journey to finding your gifted purpose. That would be the, the synopsis. I love it, I love it. And this is another question, actually. I've got so many questions. I'm constantly thinking of questions. I told you this is why my brain's the way it is. In terms of finding a purpose, so this is one of the most common questions I get asked, especially because when I explain my day-to-day and the things that I do, a lot of the stuff I do isn't for any sort of monetary gain. It's just I enjoy doing certain things. How would you tell someone, for example, say somebody who's lost as a, as a youth, uh, maybe in his teens, a he or a she who doesn't know where they're going they don't seem to have a purpose they don't necessarily recognize their own strengths or their own gifts using your word there how would you help or kind of steer someone to finding their own purpose have you got any tips tricks or anything about that well finding your purpose really is following what you're born to do so that would be looking at your skill set so what are you good at and what do you actually enjoy doing um because when it comes to you know, nobody wakes up and says that they want to be an accountant. That's not <laughs> what their purpose, yeah. <laughs> that's not what your their purpose is. But maybe you enjoy numbers, for example. Maybe that gives you a, a I don't know, enjoy, enjoy numbers. So if that is the case, then, of course, being an accountant would be possibly your purpose. So it's about finding, understanding your skill set and what brings you joy from your skill set. And that's going to be your purpose. Yeah, great advice, great advice. I um. I second that. I think also the thing I would add to that is looking at your values as well. So I think in order for you to do what you do, it takes a different type of person because let's just say, for example, you don't get paid for speaking or helping people. I still believe in my heart of hearts, you would go out and still speak to the youth of today. I don't think other people would do that. And that doesn't mean other people aren't any worse or any better than yourself. It's just, I always say, if you weren't getting paid for something, I know it's a cliche, what are the things that you would do on a daily basis? And a lot of that will be attached to your values. So if your values is, like you mentioned earlier, is you're a selfless person, you would find some way to be adding value to other people's lives. Yeah. And I think that if we can understand what our, firstly our values are, the key drivers of performance and motivation to get us out of bed and then find something to encapsulate that, then I think 
that's your purpose. And I think we can have many purposes as well. This is just my opinion in that the more exposure you have to stuff, the more likely you are to find something that really you believe is your purpose. Because podcasting, for example, I had no idea that this could be part of my purpose until I sat with a mic and got used to speaking to people. And if yeah. I had no idea what that was, same with YouTube 10, 15 years ago. I mean, I wish I knew this stuff earlier. So I think one of the things I, I'm going to try and encourage younger people, especially my siblings, is to try as many things as possible. Because for all we know, they could be the greatest cook in the world. But if they've never cooked anything, they wouldn't know that that's their purpose as well. So I think you're right. Skill set values, finding something you enjoy, but definitely exposure as well, because I don't know what it's like for you growing up. For us, it was, you're going to be a doctor, then you're going to be a dentist. And uh, then, same. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not clever enough, then it's, you're just going to get a degree in whatever you can do. And that's pretty much where I ended up. So, yeah. So sadly, that does bring us to the end of the show, Chantal. So before I give you a chance to obviously connect with the audience, because I urge them all to follow you, support you, especially with your Instagram stuff as well. I'm sure you've got other stuff going on as well. What, sorry, are there any questions that you wish I had asked you today that maybe you want to leave the audience with or you feel I should have asked you? Um, no, I think you've pretty much covered everything, really. Um, there's nothing that I feel as though I've left out or that you've left out. Um, hopefully your audience can see um, and, well, not see, but hear um just my passion in terms of working with young people and um, just hoping that somebody listening will understand that your adversity doesn't define who you are. Absolutely. I think that's a great message. So on that note, then what is the best place that people can follow you, support you and use their adversity as a gift as well? So you can find me on Instagram, which is Chantel.Speaks. And you can also find me on Facebook, which is just Chantel Speaks 2020. Fantastic. Are you doing any sort of um, speaking engagements open to the public in the future or anything like that as well? Is there any sort of announcements? Um, not in terms of announcements. Like I said, I'm working with a couple of charities at the moment. So um, just watch your space in terms of what charities that I um, agree to work with. Um, so yeah, just follow my Instagram, follow my Facebook and you'll find out all about those announcements. I love it. Well, I just want to thank you again for taking time out of your day for a second time I again I enjoyed the last conversation but I think this is something really going to hit home with people to see your true purpose now in terms of why you do what you do I think it's definitely come through a lot more in this episode as well I think you're going to make a massive difference because you're not just somebody who's reading something from a book and then regurgitating that information you've been through it as well and I think people will see that when obviously they work with you so I just want to thank you for taking time out of your day for a second time and I want to thank every single person at home thank you so much for listening and remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day. No, honestly, thank you. I feel much better about that.